Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Guess what day it is today? It's Lizzo's birthday? Yeah, I was going to say it's Lizzo day here <laughs> on Let's Go There. Why? Why, you might ask? Besides oh her, her birthday, what are we celebrating? Her birthday. And uh, what's celebrating her birthday? We had a sit-down one-on-one interview with the one and only Lizzo. Oh, oh. And uh, honestly, it was one of my favorite interviews I think I've ever done. It has to be, right? Ever done. Um, she was so candid. We talked about just how much her life has changed over the few, two like past two years. Because you know she was pretty new. Oh my God, yes. And now she's a mega superstar. She had just uh, had her one single. Yeah, and then she was just she just did Coachella the last time we talked to her. Like. It was, her life has completely changed. And so we talked about that. We talked about Coachella. We talked about Giddy. And we also, you know, the good thing about, I feel like, being able to do what we do here at Channel Q is being able to have conversations that a lot of people can't have with Mm, artists. And we got to talk about pride and allyship and what it means for her to be surrounded by queer folks. And so I hope you enjoy the interview. It's coming up all next hour, right? I didn't know we heard so much in common. With what? Surrounded by queer folks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you always find a way to connect it, huh? You know, was, do you think she's the biggest celebrity you've ever interviewed? I think she is. Um, like, yeah, maybe. Uh, I, yeah, maybe. I mean, I've also did Demi Lovato, but that's like two and two. I know, it's difficult. I feel like, yeah, Demi and her, I mean, like, Paris, I feel like is just ubiquitous. Yeah, like, honestly, that was just, like, for the culture. <laughs> that was just for that. That's for the culture. I feel like, yeah, I, I and I even feel like Demi was, uh, at the time, there was a lot going on. There was, and Demi, like, loved chatting with me, too, and, and also, like, talked about some stuff with me. Ryan and all the, you know, oh, so- I was going to say the late, I guess Demi has is officially they she. Yeah, and All I, the I, I have some, um, I just have, I feel like I, you know, I'm learning I have a way to get, to get them to feel comfortable. To, I know. I, I've, I've known you for a long time. <laughs> That's how he wrote me in. That's how he wrote me in. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and it's all hell we'll from there. <laughs> Let's uh, get into some what's turning this hour. So yeah, stick around next hour. It's the all Lizzo hour yeah. right here. I feel on like you just there. said you were gooped into being my friend. I feel like you say that every you. single day. I didn't that goop way. you. No. I never gooped you. It was obvious. It was a bit more obvious. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to be Cher's friend. Well, I know. Now I don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> OFG. Well, I want to uh, talk about this story because, you know, we've been covering so many headlines that are depressing in the space. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but this one is a nice one. It's a great way to start the show. A student at Brigham Young University is getting attention after sewing a pride flag into her grad gown to protest the university's honor code against same-sex romantic relationships. That's a downer. But the video um, is really, um, it was really, uh, I don't know, it's like fun and encouraging. It shows her revealing the flag to the stadium full of students and families at her graduation. She's wearing her gown and she opens it up and there's a pride flag, which is really cool. The video has been viewed over 4.4 million times. And she's now following up with other TikTok videos. And here's some of the backstory that she shared. Out of the house to go to my graduation. And I was sending this photo to my best friend, who was the very first one that actually knew that I was bi. So where the idea actually came from for me to do this with my gown was from my little sister, actually. She's known how hard it has been for me to be bi and to be at BYU. And so she wanted my, my outfit to make a statement. 
One of her favorite shows is Cruella. You know when her like dress lights up and it's a different color and it makes this statement. And she's like, you got to make a statement with your outfit. But not just for me and to honor what I've done, but like to honor what other students are going through, right? Because some of them are still in the middle of that. Some of them are still hidden in the closet because of what's going on at school. So I reached out to my older sister and I said, hey, can you sew this? And she's like, heck yeah, I can do that for you. Come first thing in the morning. Boom. Outfit was created. Anyway, well, we want to give a big uh, early Yaz Queen uh, to her Jillian uh, Oreo. Matthew said, anyway, I thought this was a beautiful story. Jillian Oreo. (laughs) Woo. All right, I'm not going to open up TikTok. um, Really scary stuff coming out of L.A. There was an active shooter at Soho in West Hollywood, but supposedly it's all okay. Yeah, there was one. There was an active shooter in the neighborhood. Okay. Yeah, but everything's all good. Ryan mentioned it when he came in the studio, and I was freaking out. Yeah, I saw it. It's a Variety reported saying following social media reports that there was an active shooter inside Soho House where uh, West Hollywood. This morning, the social club in the L.A. Sheriff's Department, West Hollywood Station, have confirmed to Variety that no shots were fired. Okay, good. Now, a report found that uh, 350 to 500 medium to large scale disasters took place each year over the past 20 years, five times more than the average for the previous 30. Um, according to to the UN, humanity is stuck in a spiral of self-destruction. I went from a really fun, positive story to, you know, down, a downer. Um, And it connects to my next headline, which is Southern California water officials took the unprecedented step yesterday of declaring a water shortage emergency and restricting outdoor watering to just one day a week in parts of LA, Ventura, San Bernardino counties, an action that will impact about 6 million people because of the drought we're in. And yeah, water is uh, the shortage of water. So this is wild and it's all connected. Stuck in a spiral of self-destruction. We're being gooped. First time she heard that word. She I thought, thought I was talking about duped no, or something. No, uh, gooped and gagged. It's a dr- it's I'm a learning. Four years and she's still learning, guys. Learning. Okay, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? All right. Well, um, you know, we talked about Megan Fox yesterday and her drinking blood. But actually, she was moved to tears in a new interview while revealing that her eldest son, Noah, suffers from bullying at school. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So she said this, quote, I do have a child that suffers. I have a lot of worries about that because I just wish that humanity was not like this. And, you know, she references her nine-year-old son she shares with her ex-husband, Brian Austin Green. She said this, although my kid is so brave and my child is so brave, and I know that they've chosen this journey for a reason, it's just hard as a mom. So Noah started wearing dresses when he was about two years old. She said she brought a bunch of books that sort of address these things, including books written by trans children. She said some of the books are just about how you can be a boy and wear a dress. You can express yourself through your clothing however you want. And that doesn't even have to have anything to do with your sexuality. Um, She does feel that she tries to make sure none of her and Green's kids are made to feel like they are, quote, weird or strange or different. However, she is aware that she, quote, can't control the way other people react to her children. And so it was just really sweet to kind of see this other side of her, to talk about her children, to talk about being a parent of a child who's kind of like, you know... Figuring themselves out. Yeah. And they're young. Why not? Let your child wear a dress if they want. Who cares? I appreciate to hear those stories uh, because, I don't know, it starts putting my mind in, into that uh, mentality of like, oh, if that starts coming up, like, what's a, a good way or the right way to handle it? Yeah. And just creating a space where your child doesn't feel judged in yeah. any way. They can just be themselves. But, you know, I know that Uncle Ryan will be there, so... That won't happen. Very much. I'm painting their nails. <laughs> exactly. Right out, fresh out the womb. <laughs> yep. I'm going to have my nail polish there, ready to paint their little baby fingernails. I hope they're, it's environmentally friendly nail polish. Nope. I'm making sure it was tested on all of the animals. <laughs> <laughs> That's your team report. That's your team report. We got more coming up next hour, which is all about an update on Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, never ending. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, next up... Dr. Fauci's revealed today about what stage of COVID we're in. So what now? Then and more next. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, Dr. Fauci says we've reached a new moment for COVID. Here he is on PBS NewsHour. We are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase. Namely, we don't have 900,000 new infections a day and tens and tens and tens of thousands of hospitalizations and thousands of deaths. We are at a low level right now. Okay, you heard him. We're at a low level. What does this all mean? Dr. Imesh Adalja is back with us, a senior scholar at Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Thanks again for being here. Sure. Thanks for having me. So the U.S. is out of the COVID-19 pandemic phase. Is that official? It's, it's here? I don't think there's going to be an official declaration, but I think when you see cases decoupled or delinked from hospitals being overwhelmed, I think that really signifies the end of the acute phase, which doesn't mean that there won't still be cases, hospitalizations and deaths. It just means that it becomes much more manageable and not this uh, this five, you know, this five alarm fire that it's been uh, forever. Yeah, because uh, speaking of cases, COVID-19 cases in the U.S. have dr- uh, dramatically kind of like, you know, decreased, but daily cases are still two times higher than they were for most of last summer. So how should we really be looking at this in terms of moving forward? I think you have to stop looking at the daily case numbers because cases are going to rise, they're going to fall, especially with more contagious variants like BA2. What you really need to look at is are hospitals feeling pressure? And I think that's why COVID-19 even came to our attention, because of its ability to cause severe disease. And if it's not causing severe disease at the scale it once could, I think that's, that's a victory. But it, it also is the case that everybody is going to have some level of COVID risk with all their social activities. And if you're someone that's vaccinated, if you're someone who has access to antivirals or monoclonal antibodies, it's going to be a manageable illness. And that's, I think the best we could hope for with with a virus like that, that's not going to be eradicated or not going to be eliminated. Yeah. So the advice you give people is what right now, seeing where we're at? Get, make sure that you're vaccinated. There's still about one third of the U.S. population is not fully vaccinated. I think that's the, the best advice to give people. And then think about, you know, what your individual risk tolerance is. And there's going to be people who have different levels of risk tolerance. But COVID-19 is always going to have some level of risk when you socially interact with people. We're not magically ever going to go back to 2019 where there is no COVID. So you've got to learn how to risk calculate and learn how to navigate a world uh, in which COVID-19 is going to be a threat, but a much more manageable threat because of all the medical countermeasures uh, that science and medicine have given us. Yeah, and the biggest uh, situation that everyone was talking about, obviously, was pertaining to travel with the de- declaration of, like, no more masks. Did you actually agree with that that moment? And, and should we kind of be still wearing masks if we want to? Oh, I, I think you definitely should wear masks if you want to. That's what this is going to develop into, that people will wear masks based on their individual risk tolerance. But I didn't think that the mask mandate for transportation was really having a major impact. I think marginal, if any, if everything else in your life that's higher risk than riding on an airplane, for example, is doesn't require a mask mandate. It, it, it didn't really make sense to me. It was a little bit paradoxical. And we're talking really about a, a question of about a week and a half of difference between what, when, the CDC wanted to end the mask mandate on May 3rd and when this judge struck it down. And notice, even with the appeal, the Biden administration did not ask for a stay. Mm, uh, yeah. they, they're, they're appealing it for procedural reasons because of the way the ruling went, but they're not asking for a stay. This likely is not coming back. And I think this was going to expire anyway on May 3rd. Yes, yeah, so you feel like that was more of a political move just to get ahead of it. Well, I, I think that they, the Biden administration is appealing because the way the judge is ruling is... Uh, kind of may constrain the CDC in future responses based on the reading that she had of a certain law. Mm -hmm. So that's why they've appealed it. But they didn't ask for a stay, which means that they're not really trying to get this mandate back. All right. Well, can I ask you something? And I don't know if you've heard about this, that, you know, the fertility situation has come up a lot. Does it impact male fertility? There was a new study that came out that COVID does that. Well, there are some, there is some impact on male fertility if you get COVID-19 that they, they do see decreased markers of fertility. It's not really been borne out to say, do those people actually, are, are they less likely to uh, be able to have children? But there are some signals that, this, this, that COVID can have that impact on people, which is another reason why individuals should try to avoid getting COVID and get vaccinated so that they have a mild case and don't have face that. So interesting. My AMH fell from six to four after I had COVID. 
I wonder if that impacted things, even though I, I'm we're very fertile. But you know what I mean? That's that's fascinating to me. Yeah, I think any kind of acute illness can can impact fertility. And I think we're still just unraveling what the what the role of this virus is when it comes to fertility. Uh, but certainly the vaccine is something that prevents these kind th- this type of consequence if, if you avoid if it decreases your chance of getting COVID or makes your COVID very mild and transient. Okay, well, that was Dr. Mesha Dalja, Senior Scholar at Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Thank you again. Okay, well, what is coming up on the show? Well, yeah, up in uh, basically about 30 minutes, we have literally our Lizzo interview. Hello. Lizzo will be on the show. We're talking all things, everything. I mean, literally everything. Anything that you can think of about Lizzo, we're talking about. We sat her down. She answered every single question in her mind. Oh, my gosh. So get ready. Lizzo's (laughs) coming up later in the show. 30 minutes. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The border is becoming a hot-button campaign issue ahead of the midterms coming up. Well, why are border crossings at a record high, and how could this potentially impact the midterms for Democrats and Republicans? Well, we have political reporter Amber Phillips joining us to break this all down. Thanks for being back on the show, Amber. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. So why are we seeing border uh, crossings up right now? A variety of reasons, which is always the answer for these complicated (laughs) issues, right? Uh, one top one experts tell me is there's a huge labor demand in the United States right now. There are lots of for, for hire signs and the Mexican economy in particular is lagging right now. And even though there's a wide group of people trying to cross the border, most of them are Mexicans. And then the other reason is political. There's this general sense among migrants, fairly or not, that it's easier to cross now than ever because Biden is president. And when he campaigned, he was more lenient toward immigrants um, and and installing some of the rights they have at the border than Donald Trump was, who was known globally for his anti-immigration rhetoric. Definitely. But with that, isn't that a bit of an an exaggeration just to be like, yeah, Biden just says anyone or everyone can come in. He still has his own regulations. It's just it's not as extreme and inhuman as Trump's. That's right. Yes. Like. The um, yeah, I was told by by one immigration expert that word just travels really fast these days. You know, maybe you have you're you're in Central America, you want to leave, and you have a family member in New York messaging you on WhatsApp and saying there's lots of jobs here. Plus, the news is saying Biden, you know, is is more welcoming to immigrants. Yeah. Well, <laughs> times you know that times a million means all of a sudden you have a lot of people coming to at least try their luck. But you're absolutely right that Biden has actually kept in place one of the most extreme Trump era regulations at the border. And that's called title 42, this public health code Mm -hmm. that kicks people out the second they come and does not let them even apply for asylum. Wow. Okay. So I guess realistically, when we're talking about historically, how high are these crossings? Like, is it really as high as we're thinking about it when we think about the bigger picture through history? Yeah, the numbers are pretty big. So oh, wow. roughly one million or more people, I say apprehensions, because some of those are multiple people, maybe Mexicans who get kicked out, try again the next day. So one million or more apprehensions at the border in the past six months. Um, they, I, You know, we made a chart it, it, that doesn't share specific numbers, but you can look at it online and you'll see, you know, the Obama administration by month is like, 50,000 people trying to cross the border on average. Trump, it goes to, you know, 50 at one point a month or two. It was a little higher, maybe um, up to 150 very briefly. Biden is consistently at 150 to 200,000 people trying to cross the border right now. Um, And what happens to those people is complicated, right? Like a little more than half get kicked out right away, uh, but a little more than half are... caught and then they're processed by immigration authorities for various ends one of those being claiming asylum Um, and if that's the case they let you claim asylum you can go live in the united states while you wait months or sometimes years for your court case to get processed and then there's a a thousand to two thousand border crossings a day that are found on cameras at the border but but border patrol agents don't see and those folks get in illegally and so that's that's hard to track yeah um but the numbers are very high where's vp kamala harris wasn't she supposed to lead something here and and manage it right 
Right. So that is a question that Republicans are excited to talk about. Um, should Biden decide not to run in 2024? And she does. Yes, he ta- the president tasked her with trying to make this more of a global issue, uh, more of a regional issue, and get so these triangle countries, they call them, involved Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador, and, and trying to get these countries to essentially improve their economies so that people don't try to cross. Um, what analysts have told me is, the administration in general, which includes Vice President Harris, have come up with good plans that they haven't executed. They haven't seen executed yet. Um, and in addition to that, a lot of trying to police the border actually falls on Mexico more than we really know. And so it's tough to kind of shift that to these poor, smaller countries that are further from the border. So when we're thinking about the midterms coming up, realistically, how big of a, a- of a piece of this is really going to play and impact what we see as results from the, for the midterms. There is early evidence that in November when voters go to choose, you know, everyone from their state representative on up to their Senator in some states, uh, in governor, there's evidence that this is resonating with voters in swing states, especially conservative leaning voters. And what Republicans want is to make this a big enough issue that, it gets people who might be on the fence about whether to go vote out there and to vote. Um, there's a poll in Wisconsin, which is far away from the border, and more than a third of voters there had said that they were very concerned over illegal immigration. And what that suggests to me is just one state, but it's an important swing state in these elections, that, that Republicans are doing a good job of saying this is a really big issue. Yep. Biden has open borders, which is false. Biden, there are not open borders. Uh, a lot of people are getting sent back. That's a false claim. But Republicans are doing a good job of talking about it in that context in a way that makes people nervous and might make them want to go vote for Republicans. Yeah. Well, Amber, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you always for coming on the show to break this down. Thank you. All right. Once again, that was political reporter Amber Phillips from The Washington Post. What's happening next? Well, besides Lizzo coming up next, <laughs> ah, you yes. know. Uh, we're talking about the social media network people are flocking to who don't want to be part of an Elon Musk-owned Twitter. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. I love Harry Styles as it was. We're playing it here yes. finally. And I love that song. He's doing well. He's figuring it out. Yeah, Could have gone I mean, the other honestly. way. Yeah. Well, you know what seems to be going one way? Twitter. Well, some people are staying on the platform after Elon Musk bought it. And some people are piecing out. And it seems like one alternative has popped up. Are you ready for a new social media platform? Okay. It's called Mastodon. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Be Real. What's that? Be Real is the number five uh, newest uh, social media platform out right now. Um, and it's literally, I think it's like, I haven't looked too much into it, but it's a new platform, kind of like a, a new take on Instagram. Mm. And it's like just more candid. A lot of people say they like it because it just feels more authentic and real because it's in the moment. And oh, so I, I'm on the site right now. It's called Be Real. B-R-E period A-L if you want to go to the URL. Oh, they yeah. pay me to promo. Mm. Yeah, you need to get your sponsorship. I didn't pay me to promo. <laughs> I don't know why you give a URL and stuff. <laughs> well, Mastodon saw an increase of 30,000 new users on the day that Elon Musk bought Twitter. And to the point where it actually kind of broke down, which sucks. Wow. But they basically uh, say they're an open source software. People can use um, as a base to create their own social networks, which what does that I even mean? think is that's that interesting. MySpace? It also seems like a lot of work. Its appearance is similar to Twitter, and it also differs from t- Twitter. This is according to Vice, uh, that Twitter is a single network for people to sign up for. But it comes to the social network side. Mastodon is more like Discord, which is another thing where you actually could create groups. So maybe I do the Shira Lazar group, or we do the Let's Go There group. Instead of having a profile, it's like a group, and then people could chat in that, and like we have access to them. Oh, that sounds stupid. <laughs> But this is actually really interesting. So they recently clashed with Truth Social. Why, you might ask? Because in true Trump fashion, his social network used Mastodon's code without respecting the terms of of the software's license. So Mastodon had to sue Truth Social because basically they... they, Oh, I hope they sue for a lot of money now. They're my best friend. Or they sent Sue a lawyer. Trump. They they sent a formal letter to the letter to the network asking for them, um, yeah, to make its source code publicly available, because there's yeah, isn't that funny that 
Truth Social. There's no truth in Truth Social, of course. Truth Social is stealing left and right. So check out Mastodon if you want to try something new. And then be social. No, be real. Be real. <laughs> but next up on the show, we got what's trending this hour. More importantly, we have a very special guest. Lizzo! All next hour, she's here. And we're talking. And we're making sure we're celebrating her birthday the right yes. way. Do you want to know what she thinks about Drag Race? Do uh-huh. you want to know what she thinks about Pride? Also, how did Coachella, speaking of Harry Styles, how did Coachella and Harry Styles happen? Girl, we're talking about it on next hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. What's up? We are back. Thanks for being here and hanging out right here on Let's Go There and Channel Q. More music to come right now. Uh, we're about to get into so much training this hour, but a big reminder that we have a very special one-on-one interview with Lizzo coming up in 15 minutes. Our own Ryan Mitchell, the Slay God, sat down with her to talk about everything from her new music to pride. And I wanted to actually know if you asked about her new man. No, because you weren't allowed what? to, right? No, it's not even that I wasn't allowed to. I didn't plan on asking because, to be honest, I feel like a lot of the conversations around her new man were rooted in the fact that everyone was surprised that she had a boyfriend. And for me, I know I'm, she likes to keep that stuff private. Like she wanted to keep it private, and so I, that wasn't even in my line of questioning. Like she's been getting all of that, and I watched I actually an interview. A couple interviews that she's been doing on this press tour and she does not she doesn't she visibly doesn't like it and so for me i just you know i, I want to create a space where she feels safe to connect with me and asking about something she doesn't want to talk about is just not i'm just intrigued i was i kind of when i that popped up i started if you would have asked that would have been the end of the interview no i know you would have messed it all up and she would have hated you yeah i would just be like are you the one that tells him to put on the mask or does he put it on the mask? he only put it on once and it was an actual mask <laughs> we're wearing masks Oh, so it was practical. I just thought it was part of maybe. <laughs> it was Valentine's Day, so it was back in February. Okay. So it's like, yeah, everyone's wearing a mask. That's just his form of a mask, you know. Got it. All right, <laughs> let's get into some what's trending this hour. Lizzo, the interview coming up in 15 minutes. Oh, my God, I'm so yes. excited for you all to hear. I am excited, too. What's trending this hour? So a man who defaced a Florida LGBTQ mural, our memorial, has been ordered Listen to this to write a 25-page essay on the Pulse nightclub shooting and its 49 victims. Alexander Alexander Jarek pleaded guilty last month to criminal mischief, reckless driving in connection with this June 2021 incident where he left 15-foot tire marks across a newly unveiled Pride flag intersection in Delray Beach. Jarek told Palm Beach County Circuit Judge Scott Saskauer during a hearing last week that he has had problems in the past with fitting in and added, I was just trying to fit in and be accepted by doing this. Yeah, and this is what you get. I mean, I think it's an interesting thing besides the $17,000 he had to pay that he has to actually learn about why we protect the community and what pride is all about. And hopefully it will make sense to him. Now, Ohio State Representative Jean Schmidt defended her very cruel bill, which is a a near total abortion ban with no exception for rape. Can you believe this? Wow. What are you doing? Rape is a difficult issue. And it emotionally scars the individual. All are in part for the rest of their life, just as child abuse does. But if a baby is created, it is a human life. And whether that mother ends that pregnancy or not, the scars will not go away. Period. Period. Representative Jean Schmidt, who looks like she is out of the headman's tail, by the way, (laughs) making those statements. And finally, the House passed a bill Tuesday that would help establish the first National Asian American and Pacific Islander Museum. This comes right before we celebrate in May, AAPI Heritage Month. The bipartisan legislation, which was co-sponsored by 120 Democrats and Republicans, drew a ton of support and passed unanimously by voice note. And it was reintroduced last May by Representative Grace Meng, and it would create a commission to study the potential for establishing and operating a museum dedicated to the community in Washington, D.C. 
The commission would be made up of eight individuals with backgrounds in museum planning or Asian Pacific American history and culture. And they're going to help develop plans for fundraising, acquiring works and general implementation before submitting this plan to Congress. So that's a really good, really good stuff. A bit of an early Yaz Queen for this new possible museum that might come up for the AAPI communities. That was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so we have a Amber Heard, Johnny Depp update. Are you ready oh, for this? It's pretty uh, I intense. Don't know. It's actually pretty intense um, because you... You know, there's been several witnesses, some for um, Johnny, some for Amber. And this latest Amber, uh, well, this latest witness for Johnny Depp it was a licensed psychologist. Her name was Dr. Shannon Curry, who is licensed but not board certified, as her uh, attorney pointed out. Well, this psychologist for Johnny Depp's defense in his high-profile defamation suit against his ex-wife, Amber Heard, said that the actress suffers from borderline mm. Personality disorder. Uh, that's your T report. We got oh no, we, it's still happening. It's your T report. Those popular stories trending it. right now. So basically, she testified on Tuesday that she believes heard quote demonstrates psycho- psychological symptoms of combined borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder, evidenced by quote an overly dramatic presentation with impressionistic speech that quote really lacks any substance. <laughs> Wow. She noted in her testimony that she often okay. works with uh, celebrity clients, based her evaluation on case materials provided by Depp's attorney, as well as two arranged uh, interviews with Heard. So the expert witness also concluded that the, quote, self-righteous 36-year-old had, quote, grossly exaggerated symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder due to her hostile relationship with Depp, who went from being idolized to the dumpster that's a quote um <laughs> by heard her statement led later testimony to that heard had shown dubious signs of abuse such as lapd officer melissa sanez who quote did, did not identify her as a victim of domestic violence when called to the couple's home in 2016 so this is wild yeah, I, I mean this I, is gonna be now a loophole whether i mean whether true or not true, but I'm assuming, you know, this is real, that, you know, that he can't win the suit because of the mental health issues brought up. Well, I'm I'm not sure. As uh, Basically, um, Amber Heard's lawyers continued to question Curry's opinion of their client's mental health status. They also suggested that Depp had provoked Heard's alleged violent reactions by, quote, gaslighting her. Um, I I feel like there's so much coming out of this lawsuit where I'm wondering are any of them going to really get what they want? It feels like we know too much at this point and the world knows too much. Johnny Depp's kids know too they much. They might need to just this settle. This doesn't or, even feel like they're going to get the, the what they actually want. I mean, the, the question is, is that enough to justify what she put out there publicly? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's very confusing. I actually would love to have someone on to talk more about this, like a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, we should talk about it tomorrow. I didn't even bring up the fact that Johnny Depp, during all of this, he got caught drawing uh, intricate portraits on post-it notes of his ex-wife, Amber Heard. Like, he was he was caught doing courtroom sketches. I can't. Like, what is, go- like, like what? What is actually but happening? Also, the stuff coming out about him constantly wasted and passed out i mean which is inappropriate it it doesn't necessarily it seems like they both take this as a joke or it just seems like they're unfortunately both really two messed up humans that brought out the worst in each other that's your tea report we got more coming up next hour but first yes it is time for the one the only lizzo who is joining let's go there it's about damn time that we had this queen back on channel q and i'm so honored and so excited that she was willing to come give me a literally it was supposed to be a 10 minute interview well how long was it it was a 20 minute interview how how, that I, is that doesn't I cannot happen. Believe. I'm just saying. How did so that happen? get ready, y'all. Lizzo is coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right, let's get started. It's about damn time, Lizzo. I have not talked to you since 2019. 
Honestly, I'm so happy to have you back here on Let's Go There, Channel Q. Let's How go are you there. doing? Let's go there. I mean, honestly, we're about to. Let's go you know? all, <laughs> let's go all the way up. We're going to go there. We're going to go there. I'm really so excited to talk to you just because you were my first, like, celebrity interview that I actually got nervous with. Mm. No, and it was, like, one of those things where... I, I just admire you in so many ways. You're inspirational. And as a big girl myself, I think, you know, I was like, oh, my God, I just want to slay it. And so look at us now. Look yeah, at us here. Congratulations. No, yeah. congratulations to you. You've, life. The one that's, you've had the incredible year. Look, taste one to no one. Thank you. I'm I'm in the middle of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just got back from Coachella last night at like two in the morning. So I'm like. The drugs are still working. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just come in bright. You're like, oh, my God, can you just please tone it down? Just I'm bit. tripping balls right now looking at you. <laughs> I mean, I got a lot going on. But yeah. I wanted to match the fly. You know, I think it's incredible. You bring up Coachella. I need to know the behind the scenes of that conversation with Harry. Like, how did that go? How did Harry ask you to join him on that stage? It was really like Wednesday it was like, hey, you know, we have rehearsal Thursday if you're down. Are we doing this? It was really, are we doing this thing? It was mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, like, he's, are we about to do this? He's very poetic. And I was like, hell yeah, we're doing it. Uh, and then he was like, let's sing I Will Survive. And I was like, okay. And then the next day, I was in his trailer. <laughs> like how, I mean, that moment, were you feeling the rush? Because to see where you were... When you first performed at Coachella, and then now you're on the main stage. I know. How did that feel? I for got you? a taste of the main stage. Just the taste. I want the whole thing. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me raw. Give it to me deep fried. Yeah. I mean, it's the tour announcement, the album announcement. It's about damn time just dropped. Yitty. Watch out for the big girls. Like, to, uh, ha- have you like sat and took a, like took this all in? SNL. Like, how does this feel right now? It feels great. I feel like I'm just doing everything I want to do. And I think that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't care if people like it. I don't care if people hate it. I don't care. I'm happy. And I think that that was my goal with having such a uh, massive 2019 slash 2020, in my opinion, early 2020, pre-March, coming off of the heels of three Grammys and a world tour going places i've never been yeah award shows like uh, soul train award Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i was like oh my gosh like now what and i didn't want to go into a people pleasing era where it's like now everyone knows who i am and i've made them so happy how do i keep them happy it's like no how do you keep yourself happy and this was my year 2022 was like manifesting all of my dreams and making my dreams come true yeah um with watch out for the big girls which has been a dream of mine since 2014 it was incredible watch thank you it was good well if you like what you saw come on tour because you'll see some familiar fucking faces i mean we saw some on snl you sure did did all four of the girls yeah. from Watch Out for the Big Girls. Crystal, obviously, no spoiler alerts here because <laughs> it is now available on Prime Video outside the paywall. So if you don't have a subscription, you can now watch it for a frizzle. Yeah. But um, yeah, one of the girls, she was already a big girl. So yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> she sure was. She sure yeah. was. Yeah. Yiddy, which is something that I've been thinking about and conceptualizing for the last five and a half years. Mm-hmm. So. This year was just like, make it happen, live your dreams, and then dream bigger. Yeah. And if you're just now joining us, we're actually chatting with the one and only Lizzo. And, you know, I think it's really interesting when I think of you and your career and just all the other kind of black women who are doing pop music. I wonder, there's such a pressure, especially if you add in the social media angle of what they expect black women to be. Yeah. Do you ever, like, feel that? Do you listen to that? Because, I mean, it's like, it's you, it's Chloe, it's Doja, it's Normani, SZA. They expect y'all to do, you know, so many things or sing a certain type of song or do a certain type of genre. Mm -hmm. But, like, you always just stick to you. I do. And I'm fat, so people just automatically hate me. And I'm like, okay, so now I have to win you over. It's it's an interesting thing. It's like I have to win people over mm-hmm. immediately because they're already like, well, she's fat, so I was taught not to like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're like, wait, I actually do kind of like this. A lot of the comments and a lot of people discover me as like, I actually kind of like this Lizzie girl. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why did you want to hate me in the first place? Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really feel the pressure musically or creatively That's because... Good. 
I've been doing this since I was nine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's what I do. Yeah. I'm going to make the music. I want to make. Yeah. And it's going to be good. And if you don't like it, I don't care. I got a whole arena full of people who think otherwise. Honestly, that's that's what that tour is going to be. The special tour, right? With Lotto! Like, with Lotto? Like, yes. are you kidding me? Take me to the conversation with you and Lotto now. Um, I DM'd her. <laughs> really? Is it that's that simple? No, it's not that simple. I was just but, like, what? No, nah, she, she, my people contacted her people. Yeah. Um, because it has to, you know, we respect her as an artist and a businesswoman. So it has to make sense in her schedule and her life and her timing. But once it got a little closer to being like a real thing, I DM'd her and was like, hey, um, I like really am excited about doing this with you because you're just so cool. And she was like, I know, same. Yeah. And um, now we're just like, I'm so excited back and forth on the internet. <laughs> I mean, it was probably like you couldn't wait to like let everyone know. Yeah. Are you good at holding secrets? We'll find out the answer to that question coming up next because, honey, this interview is just getting started with the one and only Lizzo. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, if you're us, we're here with Lizzo right here in the studio. And honestly, Lizzo, before we left off with that little cliffhanger, I really want to know, are you good at keeping secrets? I've held Yiddy a secret for three years. We've been developing Yiddy for three years. It's been a, wow. it's been in concept for five, but three yeah. is when we were actually partnered with Fabletics and designing things. So, mm. yeah, I, I can hold a secret when it's my shit. <laughs> when it's my shit, I can't even secret, baby. Uh-huh. When it's other people's shit, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I'm very, yeah. I, I, I pride myself on keeping secrets. I, there's somebody in the fourth grade who told me a secret I haven't told yet. Really? They're like, don't tell anyone. And I was like, okay. I forgot what it was, okay, which is I why I like, haven't told you. Is this the about secret? to be exclusive? I need you to tell me the secret right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will share so a secret funny. if you tell me a secret. <laughs> no, how do you know when a project is done? Because the album's coming out July 15th. Mm -hmm. I mean, shout out to the cancers. They're getting a special treat. I know. My, my album is a cancer baby. I know. Emotional. So that means it's emotional, huh? Yeah, it sure is. It's about love. Yeah. Um, all kinds of love. Mm -hmm. the, the loviest of love. I think you know when. Oh, I know when it's mastered. <laughs> I sat in the mastering room and listened to all the levels and I chose the exact right like time stamps for when it should end and when it sh should begin and oh, wow. the overlap and how the flow of the album goes. And you're like, it's done now. You Was know? that a new thing for you? Did you do that on Because I Love You? Well, here's the t here's the tea. Okay, I didn't do that on "Cause I Love You." I never. I was. I was too much of in a in a whirlwind to f to actually do the time. I, I did them. I listened to the masters and everything, right. but I didn't do the time thing. And there's some songs to this day like that go in too fast with each other. I'd be like, damn it, I should have did that thing because I just didn't have the time. Yeah. And now I made sure I did. Ha I did. I was the keynote speaker at South by Southwest. I flew from South by Southwest to L. A. And went straight to the mastering studio because I was like, I don't want to do what I forgot to do last time. Yeah. I got to make sure these songs flow right. Yeah. And my thing is, not only is it a cancer baby, but it's also in that pride season. I mean, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but I'm queer. Oh my goodness! I know it's a shocker. It's a big wow, shocker. Wow, yeah. But um, um, no, seriously, I think it's really special to have something like this project, especially a project called Special, mm -hmm. in the midst of everything happening currently with the trans youth and queer mm -hmm. youth. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder, do you have any advice to any of the queer trans kids right now who are fans of yours, who are like going through a lot of the things that we're seeing politically right now? Oh, it, it's it's hard because I. It, their experience is so unique mm. to them and it's it's one that I haven't experienced myself so all I have is sympathy and empathy yeah. towards um, people growing up having like a political agenda set against their happiness and against their growth um, I know what my experience has felt like growing up and feeling like Everyone, the people who are in charge, the people who are supposed to protect me were against me, mm -hmm. did not want me to live, did not want me to be successful, didn't want me to be here <laughs> this far. Yeah. And I was somehow able to do that. So I know it's possible, but it's not easy and it's unfortunate. And I'm so sorry that it's 
not easy for you to just be who you are and live your truth and become the person that you want to become um i wish that i could destroy (laughs) the system with my bare hands that's the part that people don't know about me like i do music and (laughs) but i wish i could tear the system down because it's not designed for the growth and health of the people Mm -hmm. it really isn't and um, it's got some old ass antiquated ideas and rhetoric and old ass antiquated people, too. Yeah. And I cannot wait until we actually exist in a society that cares about people because mm. we don't right now. But I care. And that's all I can do. Have you ever wanted to perform at Pride? Have you performed at a Pride? Yes. I've performed <gasps> at Pride. Okay. Absolutely. Wait, I need you to. I honestly, I want. I need you like at a pride this year. Like I, I feel like you had a pride this year, especially when the album's dropping. It would yeah. just be insane. Do you have you thought about kind of what pride means to you, especially as we're all coming together. We're mm-hmm. no longer in the house, mm-hmm. unfortunately. You know, I think at this part of time we are coming slowly out mm-hmm. of you know that moment of being quarantined. Mm-hmm. I just feel like when you think about pride in 2022, what what does that feel like for you? Listen, I'm here for the liberation of all people. Mm. I feel like I don't have any intersections in my mind about the people who've been marginalized and who deserve to be celebrated and uplifted. So I feel very parallel to the queer community yeah. because I'm I'm fighting for the same freedoms that they're fighting for. So it's like, we can just march together and make this motherfucker a party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's how I've always felt. And I think that's why... You know, I've always been so connected to the queer community. It's like drag queens be doing my music Are and you stuff. Kidding like me? Yeah. drag queens were the first people who put my music on and who I saw my music and identify with it heavily in the beginning. And I will always appreciate um and love the queer community for that. I would be so excited to do Pride this year for a few <laughs> reasons. And I think I can't talk about it now. Wait, what? But when the music come out, I think people are going to be very happy. <laughs> so was that just a hint to who you collabing with? Was that uh, a little bit of wait, a, what? Like a collaboration here? Was that a plane? A plane went by. Did you hear that? I, I, I mean, was that a? That what, was one a, thing about me is I still I got I got the 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 moment I can connect to anything. I know. I see <laughs> you good. You good at what you do. Look well, over there. <laughs> well, speaking of look over there, you were a guest judge on Drag Race, right? Yep. And. I wonder, did you finish the season? Do you have any thoughts? Before we get into those thoughts, we have to take a quick break. But when we get back, we are talking all things Drag Race. And honey, get ready because it's going to be a moment. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, honey, we are back with Lizzo. And I am wondering, did you finish Drag Race? Seriously, what are your thoughts? Yes, Let's talk I did. about it. Because I know nobody else is asking you this in any other interview. Nobody's asking me. So let's me. go. Let me tell you, Sai. We, I performed with Harry the same day, yes, so yes. I did not look at Twitter. Okay, good. Because I couldn't no watch. spoilers, right? I couldn't watch the finale yeah. when I wanted to, and I was like, I just can't look at Twitter. Even though I knew I broke the internet with Harry, I was like, I can't Which look at did. the sh- I, I can't look at the shambles. And my phone would be like, oh, this is a cute pride look for myself. Right. <laughs> and it was torture. Um, but we finally found a way to rig the television, to watch the finale, and... I really am Team Lady Camden. Were you really? I love Angie. Okay. Yeah. I love she Angie. She slayed. She slayed. But after that Freddie Mercury runway looks, yes. mm-hmm. I just Lady Camden really just did it for me. Yeah. She was a hidden gem that oh, season. Truly it was incredible to gem. see her. Yeah. And to watch her shine yeah. and evolve. And I, I but Willow. <laughs> She don't want a big pill. She, she want, want a willow pill. Willow, <laughs> um, the spaghetti bathtub episode yes, was my episode. Yes. And I remember looking and being like, what the f- going on but there's a lot that they don't show in mm. the uh, deliberation because of time. Right. But um, RuPaul really connected with Willow. And I 
did too after yeah. just hearing Willow's story and um, seeing her resilience and what she's experienced when I look at Willow I, and, and whenever she talked when she talked to her younger self like yeah. my eyes were water I was well I was crying I'm my eyes and well, I fucking <laughs> cried yeah. because you know like that is somebody that everybody wants to root for I just want to see yeah. her be so successful and shine and um, I mean we love an oddball queen Evie Oddly like Literally. <laughs> it's been a minute honey it's you been know? a minute since we had an oddball queen but that's why I, I love you in, in so many ways because like you're tapped into the culture and I think when we talk about allyship we we mean this right we mean someone who's not going to just be an ally but be an accomplice mm-hmm. in the, the moments that we're all collectively going through mm-hmm. right Talk to me about the importance of that. I mean, you have queer folks in your team. Like, yeah. I, I, I see that behind the scenes and front of the scenes. So for you, why is that important? And how can people be better, like, not even allies, accomplices? <sighs> I, here's the one thing I know about Here's the one thing I know about being me. That's it. Because I can't really tell nobody else how to live of course, or, or of course. do nothing. I'm all... I, God gave me a microphone, a platform, and a stage, and a spotlight, and some glam. Um, and I Beat, could, though. Like, I could li- t- listen to, the- <laughs> to heavens and purgatory. Um, and I could stand up there and take all that space up, which I have, and it and it's filled me up, and it's made me who I am today, a hundred percent that bitch. But I find like the platform gets bigger, the microphone gets louder, the spotlight gets brighter, the glam gets glamier, and. I could just continue to take it up for myself. But instead of doing that, I like to reach out and pull people on stage with me and give them their moment in the light and give them my microphone. Mm -hmm. Not even like, bring their microphone up because people do that and they still be talking over them while they got the microphone. No, take my microphone. You know what I'm saying? This this the one with the good sound. Yeah, Yeah. This the one that was mixed good. So you take my microphone, honey, and you stand right here on this little X in the light and you have your moment. And I feel like I use that um, mentality across the board. Whether it is with, you know, the queer people I work with or know or admire or even the big girls from my TV show or the big girls that I've been rocking with since 2014, um black designers and and Mm -hmm. stylists and and creators and artists um that's always been my mentality about what i've been given you know you have to share the space yeah and then look when you look on stage and you see everybody shining it's so beautiful and then then it's a pageant because we're all queens it's a moment (laughs) right and i think that's what's so important and i have to just continue to give you your flowers because seriously what you've been able to do in in the short amount of time is insane. Yeah. And then Yiddy, I, I can't talk enough about it. It's hard to find size inclusive brands mm-hmm. as a person in a bigger body. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if there's going to be a menswear or even a gender not, you know, a gender not conforming. Everybody. Like, you know. This is the number one question. I love that people care this I'm, much. I'm here for it. I I'm doing it. Oh, don't you don't you? We've got you. Can first I, of I'll all, buy it and please send me some. You know, I'll, I'll spend my money. First of all, <laughs> Alana, we gotta we gotta get some major label over here. Yeah. Some mesh me, please. Um, please. Nearly naked. I, anytime. I really wanted to come thighs out. You know, but it's it's a beautiful sunny day. It is. The thighs, the thighs were waiting. <laughs> Spicy or mild is what I want to uh, know. <laughs> Liz, I love you so much. It's about damn time. Is we're playing it right here on Channel Q and of course, special dropping July 15th. I love you. Keep slaying it. Thank you so and much. And honestly, let's go grab a drink. Period. Right I now. So, turn oh. up. Oh, shots are <laughs> Yay. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. <sighs> we are back. And how amazing was that Lizzo interview? Oh, my gosh. We did it. We did it. We did it. We, we did. did it. I let you do the work. I just sat back and listened and enjoyed it. Of course. <laughs> that is normally how no, no, I did want to. I wanted to take some selfies, but they had some COVID guidelines. COVID. <laughs> We're still not playing any games That's here. That's what they call it. At they, Odyssey. They're just like, we don't want any normies here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was so crazy because her is. It was really. I mean, obviously, her team and I, us here at Odyssey wanted to make sure everything was good, but they had tests like lined up ready for us. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And so I'm happy that we were able to do it, and it made everyone more, you know, calm and safe, and it was wonderful. Love it. The video's coming out soon. We have a video element of that. Okay. Interview. If you wanna, if you loved it so much, you wanna watch it. 
Yes. Get to really feel our connection, mm. our eye contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check it out. We are channelq.com. It will be there in an Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Okay. I don't know when it's uh, being uploaded yet, but maybe I'll Just know keep refreshing the site. Yeah, honestly, you should already be there. What are you doing? <laughs> okay, coming up in 15 minutes, is the great resignation over? Why some employees are having a change of heart after leaving their jobs? Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Russia has released former U.S. Marine Trevor Reed in a prisoner exchange. Uh, Reed was sentenced to nine years in prison in 2020 on assault charges, and he was traded for Konstantin Yaroshenko, a Russian pilot who had been jailed in the U.S. for more than a decade on drug smuggling charges. Reed's release is drawing even more attention to the WNBA star Brittany Griner, who has been detained in Russia since February for allegedly possessing vape cartridges containing cannabis oil. Just horrifying. The whole Brittany Griner story, how she's like stuck in Russian jail. Yeah, it's it's wild. wild. Um, and um, it's just, I don't know. I don't. I'm like, when is she going to be able to get out? Like, how are they going to handle this? Because no one's really allowed to talk about it, especially when it comes to, like, other athletes who are celebrities. They've been told not to talk about it. And so, because you don't want to draw more attention. And yeah, and then it's harder to, for the negotiation. This is, it's, yeah, that is some really tough stuff. We should talk to, I'm, like, coming up with an idea for a segment. We should talk to someone who can break down, like, that those negotiations that happen. Like, what actually goes down? Does it need to be a hostage for a hostage? She's basically, you know, is she's is she a hostage? She's a prisoner, but she's obviously being used for some sort of leverage, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Finally, Senator Mitt Romney slammed broad student loan forgiveness, calling it a bribe for voters. This comes after Biden suggested openness to canceling at least $10,000 in student debt this summer. $10,000. Wow, that's like a game changer. I mean, it's a big deal, but it's like... A bribe? No, it's just giving people what they want. You're representing people. A growing number of GOP lawmakers have argued that loan forgiveness will hurt taxpayers and the economy. Interesting. I thought it would help people have more money and spend it. But that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? All righty. Let's talk some movie news. Are we ready? Yes. So, uh, the Wicked, you know, the Broadway play that's mm-hmm. being turned into a movie starring Ariana Grande, starring Cynthia Revo, directed by John Chu. Um, well, some news has been announced. It's time for your tea report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So, director John Chu announced that his up- Upcoming film adaptation of the musical will be split into two parts. The movie's based on the hit Broadway show will be released on Christmas Days 2024 and 2025. Um, basically, John declared in his announcement via Twitter that it would, quote, be impossible to wrestle the story of Wicked into a single film without doing some real damage to it. He said, we tried to cut songs or trim characters. Those decisions began to feel like fatal compromises to the source material that has entertained us all for so many years. You know, he explained that giving themselves a bigger canvas with two movies will allow for the story of Wicked to be told as it was meant to be told while bringing even more depth and surprise to the journeys of those of these beloved characters. I mean... I'm a little sad about this just because I want to go into the movie theater watching Wicked and knowing that it's going to end on Four Good. If Lem is and Hamilton can do it, even though Hamilton, that was like the the theater play. But Lem is, there are so many amazing musicals that have just make it three hours movies yeah i will sit there all three hours like i do a a, a play and do and that's watch just it. it's a bit weird it seems like a lot fans more fans are work. actually upset about it they're feeling like they're, it's like a, a money grab i mean yeah because you have to double double it right yeah. i mean unless they're gonna do like the dark story and then the light story you know what i mean the two witches like each one yeah. will be the story the backstory of each witch but still that's weird it's a lot yeah but that's your tea report we got more coming up next hour check out more on weirdchannelq.com okay well it seems like some job switchers are having second thoughts so uh, what recruiters have to say about all of this and how that could impact you because were you one of those people that's not Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Now, as we know, millions quit their jobs for new ones over the past year, but now recruiters are saying that many are having a change of heart. And joining us right now is Catherine Dell, reporter at the Wall Street Journal, who wrote about this very subject. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So I guess the question is, is the great resignation over? What's going on? 
<laughs> no, I don't think there's any reason to think that it's over. Um, but I do think it's fair to note that amidst a lot of the um, really prolific job changing that's happened in the last year, 18 months, are a few people who found that they changed jobs and it wasn't actually the right choice for them. Yeah. What were some of the regrets they were having? You know, um, they really they really vary depending on situation. I talked to, uh, you know, a couple of workers who said that they felt that getting on LinkedIn every day for months and seeing seemingly what, you know, what felt like everyone they knew getting these new jobs, what seemed like life changing promotions, huge raises gave them really the itch to go job hunting, even if they were currently happy in the role that they had. And so for a couple of them, you know, they changed jobs and, and maybe their new job was okay, but they realized, oh, I really liked that thing about my previous role. I really miss being on, you know, a particular type of team. And for other workers, you know, the pandemic gave them the opportunity to really figure out what they're willing to put up with at work and what they're not. And, and you know, one woman I spoke with said, I knew that the right job for me was out there. And I was willing to just keep changing jobs because it's a decent moment for that for a lot of workers until I found the right one. Do you think that also just some people need a break and then the break allows them to just have a greater appreciation for the job they had? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's definitely fair. I mean, certainly I think there are probably scores of workers who would identify with the statement. I need a break, (laughs) right? I mean, we've been hearing about um, burnout and general overwhelm from workers throughout the pandemic and, and, you know, into recent months. And, you know, that's a great point. I think for some, if they took some kind of a break, they may have reassessed, okay, here's what works for me. Here's what doesn't work for me. And, And some may have had frank conversations with their current manager and been able to create better situations in the jobs they have, but others may have just gotten a better sense of what they're looking for in their next role. Yeah, and I'm wondering now, especially if they're kind of having this regret, does that is that regret around asking for more money? Because it, it does, I mean, that's something I'm never going to stop doing if I look for another job, right? Like, <laughs> and you don't want that to stop you. More money, more responsibility. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. No, I mean, you should definitely be be asking asking for more money as you as you change roles. You know, especially now, and and um, that's something that's been on workers' minds, and, and that we know companies were budgeting for this year. And then now everyone is contending with rising inflation as well. And so, you know, the last raise you got may have already been devoured by inflation. And so certainly that's something that's on lots of workers' minds. What I found really in my reporting was that though the people who changed jobs for the most part secured raises when they did so, they found that the changes to their work weren't as satisfying as they had hoped. But they did also ask for for raises in the next job they switched to. So in some ways, the you know, the financial impact is its own issue. Yeah. So what advice do recruiters have in terms of all this? So, you know, recruiters are really sensitive. Many of them are are really sensitive to the fact that workers are being pushed and pulled in a lot of different directions right now. And, you know, there there is that sense, as one recruiter said to me, like, it always feels good to be courted. It doesn't matter how happy you are, or how upwardly mobile you feel in your current job. It feels really good to know that, like, the competition would like to hire you as well. And, you know, for lots of people, their inboxes are filling with with requests from other companies. And, you know, some recruiters may really be promising them the moon in an effort to bring people on quickly. And so it's really important that you take a look at what is it you you're not getting from your current job, if there is something you're not getting from your current job? And what is it that you really specifically want? And what's the right next step for you? And if you have a really good sense of that criteria, it's going to make it a lot easier when you get what seems like an amazing offer from a competitor, but it's not really something that's right for you. It's going to be a lot easier if you know those things to assess that and say, this is something I can pass on. If I take this job, I'm just going to be unhappy. Yeah. And is there anything that corporations can learn from not having like such high, you know, retention rates when it comes to just people leaving and coming back and leaving and coming back? Absolutely. I mean, certainly like companies don't want that either. It's, it's expensive. It's, 
uh, difficult. It can slow up their business and certainly inhibit their growth to have people, you know, playing this game of musical chairs moving around. It's in their best interest to retain employees. And so we do see some companies doing, you know, what some people are calling stay interviews where you, you know, the employees that, that have stayed with you, you sit them down and say, you know, what do you want? What do you need? Where do you see yourself? Let's get you there here. And certainly among the people that I talked to who changed jobs, Many of their employers did that and tried to keep them. And for the ones who returned after having, you know, we call it boomeranging, for the ones that went back to their original employer, often that was part of the conversation. They had a really frank conversation about what does the trajectory look like if I come back? Okay, well, that was Catherine Dill, reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And we'll be back with more of Let's Go There right after this. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.